Hello and welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzna of MetabolicMasterpiece.com, joined by my co-host Brian Cron of BrianCron.com, and today we have an extra, extra special guest. Uh, definitely a role model of both Brian and I, someone we've been following for years, a good friend of ours, someone we look up to, Sean Phillips, author of Strength for Life, well, Absolution, founder of Full Strength incredible supplement and just a fucking all-around amazing guy sean buddy thanks for getting up early on a saturday morning here and joining us uh really looking forward to uh chatting with you again and uh, gaining some of your insights to to help us men on the upper side of 35 close to 40 over 40 uh, kind of live life to our fullest well, damn, Scott, it's great to be here. And with that, I'm going to do a George Costanza and just nod out now. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving on a high point, man. Because <laughs> it can't get any better from here. Oh, jeez. Man, it's been a little while. How the heck have things been going with you? Oh, they're going. You know, they keep spinning around in circles. It's awesome. But, you know, <laughs> life has, life has, life's the most interesting thing I've ever done. I can tell you that. <laughs> well put well said it's uh yeah you know what i think with uh with social media and everything everyone kind of puts their their best face out there and um i mean all of us we we deal with shit on an ongoing basis life isn't always sunshine yeah. and rainbows and all that stuff and um if for some reason people are afraid to put that out there it seems like but uh, yeah i've i've laid some stuff out there a couple of times i'll tell you that but no i mean i'm good you know i'm well you know it's it's the season the spring is coming and you know we get ready to get back on the bike i've been riding a little bit which feels good and and um you know uh, you know there's there's changes i'm you know doing some things with full strength and i'm getting refocused on some old school stuff some power building and um you know i mean i really um still really, you know, more so than ever committed to this, you know, over 40 man program and focus, you know, I just think these guys need a, need a freaking direction, some hope, some purpose and, and some authentic, honest, uh, guidance. Right. And so your over 40 manual that's on amazon.com is, uh, is there a website that people could check out for that as well? Or, um, well, I mean, I have it on, various things like uh you know you can always find me on social media where i go from facebook but uh I'm, my banner is my over 40 book i don't have a committed like you know go to 40.com kind of thing mm -hmm. right now you know my strength for life holds it but it's on amazon but the you know i put a program together because the thing the reality is it's great to have a book but who the hell reads a book right mm -hmm. you know this is this is a book yeah meant to be executed right and it's 12 simple life hacks so i put together a 12-step program right mm -hmm. yeah that's fun you know because i think this is you know as as we talked off air before you know um you know it's not it, most over 40 guys you know they come to you wanting to to lose some fat get some muscle and all this stuff and it's, you know you look at them it's not another program they need it's they need a life reboot they need some time vitality and and space back in their life mm -hmm. absolutely Amen to that. Yeah. And we we're talking about testosterone and supplements, all that kind of crap before like off air here. We had a very passionate 
a 45-minute discussion before we ever hit record. We're all fired up. Oh, I'm man. glad some of that didn't get on air. <laughs> if they could only be a fly on the wall here. But yeah, like, speaking of testosterone boosters, we've discussed this before, man. A lot of people, they don't need a supplement. They don't need any kind of replacement, hormone replacement therapy. They need to get their lifestyle in order first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the, the term I coined six, seven years ago is LIHS, lifestyle-induced hormone suppression. You've got, you know, it's not, you've got a broken lifestyle. You know, your lifestyle, it's, it's one, there's eight specific factors include too little sleep, too much rest, too little, you know, quality sex and intimacy, too much sugar, too much alcohol, not enough intense training, you know, there's, and various other things that all combine to, to sabotage your, your tea. And that's where the, that's where the break is coming, you know? And, you know, if you can get a supplement to do, I mean, even if you look at the, 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 the supplements and the tea boost work that kind of look like they might sort of work, you know, you're talking about, you know, a nanogram or two, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the, that's not gonna, that's like being a hundred million dollars in debt and somebody loaning you eight bucks. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not, it's irrelevant. You know, just because one had 336% gains over the placebo, well, the 336 was, you know, that means their T went from 246 to 249. Yeah. Not to 999, you know? It's always interesting. I mean, looking at a lot of the supplements on the market, it's amazing how, well, even stuff that'll have creatine in it. We all know creatine works, and it's kind of like, well, now we add all this other stuff to it, and you see... um, well, even like on the pre-workouts, they got things like beetroot or little other supplements. But when you look at the research, um, if there was even any research that showed a positive impact of that specific ingredient, it's usually in much larger doses. And then these supplements have like these tiny little trace amounts and they, they it's in yeah. part of their little proprietary blend. So they're not even disclosing how much of it is in there, but it's yeah. just such little amounts that aren't even going to have any kind of impact on you. Well, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a twist. I mean, you know, what you said there was the creatine thing. The creatine's contained in the formula. And I said, you know, having creatine in most of these complex formula is like having a restaurant with naked girls and really bad food. People think you, you're, you're promoting the food, but it ain't the food they're coming for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's not the supplement. It's the creatine that's working, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just oldest trick in the book. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. It's so, you would think people would be wise to it now. Why don't you just buy the creatine and spare, spare the $69 they're charging you for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so one of, one of the things I want to get started discussing is dealing with injuries. I mean, both Brian and I go through injuries. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was just before Christmas time where... Brian was going hardcore, lifting some heavy shit, and uh, when, when ego got in the way and uh, oh, that was hurt, a mess. hurt his back a little bit <laughs> oh, here and there. Geez. Thank goodness for chiropractors and massage therapists. But we all go through that, and, and luckily, I mean, for the most part, um, we're training a hell of a lot smarter. As, as we're aging, yeah. we're, we're training smarter. And uh, But there's injuries that occur outside of the gym as well. I know, uh, Sean, you, uh, <laughs> the bike, whether it's motorized or you're pedaling, has, <laughs> yeah. has kind of been your nemesis over the year. You've had some shoulder injuries due to motorcycle, um, yeah. your tricep. That was on a bike injury too, right? Yeah, really yeah, just... mountain biking. Yeah, I tore, you know, it'll oh. be June, it'll be a year. Uh, so it's been 10 months since I tore the right tricep off, yeah. So how how do you deal like for a guy who's active, really active, and, and and you've lifted iron over the years and all that stuff? Like how 
is there a psychological impact on it? Do you struggle to find ways to work around some of these injuries? How, how does dealing with injuries um, impact your, your kind of well-being overall? Well, I mean, I think this, it's a huge thing. I mean, one thing you referenced, Brian, you, you, what did you do to your back? You said you just... Uh, well, I had set a goal because uh, I, I try to train heavy for a phase once a year. And, yeah, uh, yeah, smart. Yeah, and, and I was like, you know what? A guy my size, you know, I'm over 200 pounds. I should have a 500 pound deadlift. That should be that should be par for the course, you know. Yep. So, so, so there, I gave myself four months to get there, and it was early December. I had like three weeks left, and I was I was behind. And I, in my programming, I'm like, I'm not going to get there. So I'm like, well, fuck this. You know, I'll just I'll just bump everything up and just yeah. And of course, I just you know, I went I went all I went all in and and didn't warm up properly. I don't know what I did. It was just stupid. And I actually felt it pop in my back. It wasn't like yeah. a wake up, wake up the next day thing. It was, it was immediate popping. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is not good. So, uh, it took about two weeks and then I was, I was pretty much back, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, backs can be a bear, man. And it's funny cause I, it's not funny, but I blew my back <laughs> out Monday this week. Right. Oh no. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> One thing I think, God, this is probably the, the thing I, this is, I mean, more than anything else is the lower back problems as guys get older, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they are, you know, when you've been in really bad back pain or you've seen somebody, I don't think there's anything more debilitating in the world, right? Yeah, you're, you you can see, I mean, you just walk. Every step looks like such a yeah. getting up and down, like even out of a chair, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I was, you know, my key, the key, and this is maybe one of the tips is... I knew for two weeks prior to my back going out that my back was ready to go out, right? Um, my hips were tight. They were not rotated properly. Um, you could feel my abs pulling, you know, like my hip girdle had rotated, so I had no curve in my lower back, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I noticed, like, I really, it really becomes telltale. Like, my daughter dropped a pen at a restaurant, and I went to, to grab it, and instead of bending over, I did, like, a deep knee bend squat, right? Yep. Just instinctively, because I knew my back was not in a position, and I'm like, oh, my God, look at me. You know, th this needs to be fixed. Now I had no pain, but I knew that I needed to get to the chiropractor and release whatever stress was in that, and I didn't. So I'm at Carla's just training, doing a, a one-arm row, and it just blows, right? Oh. And, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's not even the exercise. It's just the movement. It just all of a sudden releases, nerve hits, you find yourself flat on the floor. Sucks, right? Uh-huh. But that's the the point of that is be attuned to what's going on. You know, if your elbow's bothering you or your shoulder's bothering you, you you know, give yourself some recovery window. Go to your chiropractor. Be proactive. I mean, I walk in the chiropractor, you know, or not exactly a waddle in the chiropractor, and he's like, yeah, you probably knew this a couple weeks ago, didn't you? Because you could have come in then, huh? <laughs> like yeah that's what i was thinking it's so true i def definitely try to stay on top yeah. i can feel the same things hips and glutes and yeah uh, as much as i know like the the getting on that rumble roller and using the lacrosse ball really helps loosen up but i mean sitting on her ass i mean we're in front of the computer a lot with uh with the mm -hmm. jobs that we do and um i think that's one of the, my nemesis they're just sitting so i gotta make sure i'm standing a lot more but yeah yeah I, I can definitely tell as well. My glutes are tight. My hips are tight. I got to be very, very careful with what I'm doing. And main thing, just it's so hard. It's amazing fighting our ego when we're, we're in the gym. As last week, I was, uh, I was deadlifting. 
and uh, got a new, uh, there's another uh, buddy of mine who's been joining us with some of our workouts and he's a power lifter. And so we're kind of like trying a little battle. And it's been good. He's been pushing me. Um, but there's sometimes where I'm just like, I got to remind myself, train for that feel. Don't, don't lose. It's good to be bumping up the weight here and there, but um, never lose that, that feel and always listen to your body. And I, there was, there was a couple reps where I, I knew I should have stopped myself short because I could feel um, the spinal erectors fatiguing and, and taking a brunt of the load. I should have stopped a few reps short, but I kept going and it really it fatigued my lower back and then my, my glutes seized up and everything. I still got through a good workout, but I was freaking stiff for a good solid week. So yeah. I, I spent that time, I, I was lifting a little bit lighter, use the rumble roller, use a lacrosse ball. But hey, I got it. It's so, it's such a challenge to check that ego at the freaking door and just listen to your body. Just do what you yeah. can handle. Well, and it's, 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 there's this part of when you lose, if you lose focus during the exercise, like really honestly, if you're deadlifting or squatting and you start thinking about the fact that I have a certain fatigue in my back, then you've lost yeah. the focus mm-hmm. of the movement you're on. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Because now you're having multiple dialogues in your head and that's really where you get even more risky. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you got to know to walk away. And I was thinking as you were talking about that, I was thinking about my bike accident last year and it was like um, it was a case of, you know, it was a careless, stupid, silly little thing. But I had agreed when I went out on the mountain bike because I'm not an avid mountain biker. I've had a mountain bike for years. I'm an avid road biker, not a mountain biker. Right. Yep. And so I had agreed to myself to just go easy. I'm not going to let these guys talk me into a macho ass-kicking contest, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of at the back of the group, and I'm just taking it easy. But part of my taking it easy had left me in a mild, moderate focus. Like I really wasn't, I wasn't vested in the riding. So I wasn't on top of my bike. I was kind of riding it. And I went to just jump a stump and do something, and I fell over, and a stupid went straight over my bars and blew my arm out. Now, generally that wouldn't have happened. I would have let the fall wake me up right mm-hmm. but still it's a case of the mental it's you know it's just it was just a mental not being fully vested in what i'm doing you know so there's that awareness but your question was how do i deal with it and i may go back to that you know i go back to the first when i tore my left tricep in 1997 or 98 98 ish which was the first real injury i ever had and the first time i ever got set back and really pulled out of the gym Um, you know, I was very panicked about it. I was very upset about it. I was very confused about it. I, um, I really let it guide me to understand more about how much, you know, what I found was how much more strength training was my meditation that I needed to have other practices in life. But also I think I really have an ability and I maybe had it before this, but to just play the, play the, you know, golf analogy, play the ball where it lies. Mm-hmm. This is where you are. I see people doing this all the time. This is one of the things. Um, they get Achilles repair surgery, and they're, the next week they're going, I'm in rehab. I'm getting started. I'm going to get this thing. You know, I'm like, shut the fuck up and sit down. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you, know it's, it, you getting all tensed up about what you're going to do and how you're going to fix it isn't actually helping anything. Yeah. You know, it's you having an illusion of controlling what you can't control. The accident happened. You're, you are where you are. You're going to have a, you know, open your eyes to this will be an interesting experience. Be attuned to how you're responding to it. Take care of yourself, but don't be some anal weird freak about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's always been hard for me. As soon as I'm, as soon as I have even the slightest, you know, injury, I, it's it seems to be all I think about. Like, oh, I'm I'm laid up. I can't do what I want to do. Oh no, I can't. Yeah. And I really should just accept it for what it is and just kind of ride it out and and yeah. try to and, learn. Well, and, learn well what it. else? Yeah, what else can I do? So if yeah. I've got this space, what else can I do? What can I do do during this time that'd be interesting? Well, I'm not training, so I'll, I'll I will um go do some uh, meditation or I'll take up another practice or read some more books or I'll allow this to be a break from the gym where my whole body can heal and I'll make it a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that said, I had tricep surgery last year on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday and Saturday I was riding the canyons on my road bike, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> 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 I figured that if I put, I had this big arm brace on, right? And it's like this you know, big giant robo arm. Right. And so I straighten the robo arm and then I'd less, I'd rest it on the handlebars. Right. And, you know, as long as you're riding up, there's no weight on your arms at all. So it's okay. It's the going down that gets to be hard. But, you know, I felt like I had to, because, you know, my girlfriend Carla was just getting ready for the Ironman and she had not ridden. So I had to teach her how to ride a bike and, you know, I'm laid up. Mm -hmm. I just go, you know, I'll figure it out. So, I mean, as long as I don't fall, I'm okay. Right. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I did that, but you know, that's that's different. I didn't go to the well. I still go to the gym, but just different, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just what I found really interesting though is during that phase where I was training really heavy, just basic movements, and like I was, I was seeing my chiropractor. I was calling him on first name basis. He was Jay. He was my buddy. Like he was, uh, <laughs> you know, I was just texting him appointments. I wasn't going through his office. I would just drop in and it's like, hey, Jay, you know, three times a week. And then I, when I, in the new year, and I went back to just a straight bodybuilding training, like slower tempos, you know, really mindful. Like my body has never felt better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now, now Jay's like sending me messages like, hey, just, just seeing how you're doing. And I haven't heard from you. <laughs> I haven't heard from you in a while. You know, I kind of miss you. <laughs> Has he sent you any, like, coupons to start crossfitting? <laughs> I really think you should start crossfitting, Brian, because my business is down. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Have you noticed that every place you see a CrossFit gym pop up these days, about four weeks later, there's a chiropractor across the street? <laughs> you know that in. is so true. Like I lived in a small town for a while, and and the chiropractor says I just I love this CrossFit. It's like once they opened up, it's like I saw like a thirty percent jump. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's great they're getting active, but it is it is crazy. But you know, and there's a, there's another thing to injury that I'll share even unsolicited, but. Like, you know, I have that left shoulder, which needs to be replaced and, and it's not good and there's nothing great about it. And it is, it, it has debilitated me. Like I can't bench press anymore. I can't do certain things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like every once in a while, like I look at a real, like I can Smith machine bench press with, you know, moderate rate, you know, and I can control it and I know how to work around it. I work around it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I work around it like a, a veteran would work around a leg missing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not not by you know. I mean, that's really how you work around it. You just work around it. And I look at a bench press and I go, God, I just love to hit four plates one time. I love to just feel that again. You know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I also like to feel what it'd be like to be on a football field when I was eighteen again. You know, so what? Right? Yeah, that's true. 
That's interesting. That uh, wow, yeah, interesting perspectives. I was going to ask you, do you, like, would, do you miss do you miss training like you used to train back then in the nineties? Um, oh, yeah, then it's just reflecting. It's just looking. yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally. I mean, it's like you know, I I ache nostalgically for it. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a my favorite scene out of Mad Men. My one of my favorite TV series ever. You ever watched Mad Men? I'm going to binge watch it this fall. It's on the list. Yeah, there you go. Mark. It's awesome. It's just so awesome. It's such an era. It's, it's an understanding, not just of marketing and mindset, but an era and a place. I mean, a time in the life of Western culture that will never, ever be seen again, right? Mm-hmm. This, the quintessential culmination of technology, money, post-World War II, space age, Everything peaking at the same time where, you know, not to celebrate it, but to understand it where the male dominated everything. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, scotch was breakfast. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, the only time you didn't smoke was, you know, 15 minute intervals when you were sleeping. You know, it's just crazy. Right. But there's a scene in there called the Kodak where they're selling the carousel carousel to Kodak. Right. And he, you know, Don Draper talks about nostalgia and he says, you know, this, this old Greek copywriter, Teddy, he told me about nostalgia. Nostalgia is not just a memory. You know, it's, it's literally a physical ache, a feeling, a time and a place. And he does it so beautifully. I can't even begin to do it, but he talks about nostalgia. Nostalgia has a smell, a feeling, a visceral, right? And that's what I get for, for bench press and some of these lifts, like, you know, the nostalgia of that, you know, which is like, you ache for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, it never fails when I see somebody lifting really heavy and really well, it, it, yeah, it does kind of, I don't want to say it tugs on my heartstrings, but it's just like, I'm like, that's, yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, I've had this, you talk about nostalgia, you know, thanks to Facebook the other day, I ran into, I mean, I run into on Facebook via Matt Mendenhall. Anybody, you remember Matt Mendenhall? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, I mean, best physique, I think, ever, really, honestly. If you just look, it's just amazing. So Matt lives here in Colorado. Matt's doing something. And I see commenting on there, Larry Opiala, right? You remember Larry? Nobody does, right? No, no. Larry was He-Man at Universal Studios. Huh. Oh, no way. Yeah, so, and I happen to know Larry from Gold's Gym in the the late 80s, right? Mm -hmm. So Larry and I used to train with Lyle Alzado a lot, you know? And I'm just like, and so he's got all these pictures on there. And so Larry's now living back east and he's, you know, pushing 60. And I'm like, God, what? Where'd the the 30 years go, dude? You know? Mm Hmm. I mean, 30 freaking years, you know, you're like, and, um, Richie bros was, um, uh, Conan at universal studios. And I know Richie from other places and he, Rich is out in Colorado now. So I've got this conversation going between Larry and Richie and Matt Mendenhall. And, you know, it's like this whole eighties contingent. I'm like, good God, you know, it's just, it, it's so funny. It's so funny to remember those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing how some of the guys from back then, they've just held up so well. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, there's kind of, yeah, not so much, but I mean, like, how's Matt Menhold? What was he, how's he look now? <laughs> I mean, he's, he looks great. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, you know, uh, he's big. I mean, obviously he changed everything and quit the yeah. industry and quit. He's a chiropractor. Um, oh. Yeah, but he's, you know, I mean, he's still got great muscle. He's still ripped, you know. Um, one I've been meaning to talk to and I'd scheduled a couple of calls with was Dennis Newman, right? Mm-hmm. 
and Newman had a great physique too, right? Oh, yeah. He got didn't he get really sick? Yeah, yeah. He had um, was it leukemia or something, right? Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I thought he. This is gonna sound terrible. I thought he passed. No, That's, no. Oh my. No, he looks great right now. I mean, he's a little big, but he's a. Uh, uh, one of the conversations we had been having, and his thing was, you know, that really spurred me to want to talk to him. He's like, he's like, you know, once you get out of this bodybuilding world, you've got to recondition yourself to understand how to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, I lived in this world for so long of this compulsive nutrition thing that I have to retrain myself how to embrace food in a healthy relationship. And I just thought it was an interesting dialogue, wow. right? Yeah, for sure. That's you know. something else. Yeah, yeah so that, I just wanted, I wanted to run with that. Yeah. Right, that's, yeah, yeah that would be a fantastic conversation. <laughs> it's, weird. it's something you don't think about. Yeah, because we're so like structured and rigid and yeah, yeah. so he's certain foods, yeah, trying to, and in large quantities at that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I mean, it's, it's funny. One of, the, one of the things that, you know, as I've gotten older and I've really laid off my, my nutrition, you know, it's not that I advocate laying off your nutrition regimen, you know, it's yeah. like, I, I'm more of a instinctive eater. I mm-hmm. eat mm-hmm. as I need to eat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't live by a, a, a real set schedule. And honestly, you know, Carla, who I date now, Carla, she's very similar. You know, she has a great, you know, we have a healthy respect for nutrition. We eat well, we eat Tokyo Joe's, we do a lot of proteins, we do a lot of basics, but we're not afraid to have sweets. We're not afraid to snack. We're not afraid to indulge in, in great meals. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. None of that's got any fear around it. But one of the things I've seen over the time is that she eats more than I do. <laughs> somebody asked me recently like how many calories he taking in and i don't know i go you know gosh at least 1600 a day <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, you know uh, on a good day sometimes you know 1200 some days 2100 i don't know you know i just don't eat that much yeah it's amazing what you can i don't want to it's a wrong word choice but it's amazing what you can get away with once yeah. you've once you've built it I mean, it's just, yeah, just maintaining is so, it's, it can be effortless, you know. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's the key. The quintessential thing is, is to get to the end of the race and tell people at the beginning how to start. You know, it's, it's different, man. You can't, you know, the, the, the more that you, the reason you do the lifestyle is to gain yourself. It's like having investment capital, right? You have a capital to take vacations. Hmm. And people that are working hourly don't, right? Yeah. And, and so what, what, what muscle and the practice and nutrition and the lifestyle do is they build a bank account. And that bank account allows you to draw upon it when you need to draw upon it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've missed. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of one of the rewards of, you know, kind of <laughs> putting in your time and, you know, yeah. crushing meals when you're younger. It's just that when you built this base, you can kind of, you can kind of relax and, and really you can almost slack <laughs> and just uh it's you might not make much progress anymore but you can certainly maintain while you've developed and and yeah i mean i certainly <laughs> I, I am finding that getting back into the swing of things like trying to diet again is is, is a little bit challenging just the mindset yeah but, yeah, but, but because we have we we've been doing so well at being relaxed yeah <laughs> enjoying our foods and, and maintaining and still progressing slowly yeah. but surely but yeah when it comes down to all right yeah we want to cut 
and you do have to dial it in a little bit more. It's, well, you got to yeah. dial it in a lot, and I yeah. think that that's <laughs> a lot. Big, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, and I'll, I'll go back to the '90s. I honestly know that every time I went for photo shoot or competition quality, I had to double my food intake. Mm-hmm. Really? You know? wow. Yeah, because what would happen is. Once you put down the, the menu plan, like what you really write it down, once it's laid in front of your face, you're like, shit, I got to eat more food. Yeah. You know, and that's you, you would just start eating more. And then what would happen is at first you're not hungry, right? Because you're like, I'm just stuffed. I'm what am I doing? I'm trying to diet myself bigger. Right. Yeah. And, and then like all of a sudden day seven or eight, all of a sudden it's like your metabolism kicks into hyperdrive. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're hungry 20 minutes before every next meal. And that's really what you're looking for because what you're not, instead of going from a state where your metabolism is in, in, you know, autopilot, right? Uh-huh. You up your training and you up your nutrition and you put everything in a precision mode and it upregulates everything. And now you've got this flywheel of metabolism moving in favor. Uh-huh. And now you can, from there, you can tweak it down and adjust down, but you put your, your body into an anabolic growth state and then dial down. It's interesting listening to you talk about this right now and then reflecting back at, at some of your classic physique photos there, you always looked full, like your muscles yeah. always looked full. You never looked depleted or lethargic. Is It was a perfect, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just no wonder. I mean, in, in the 90s, I, I just admired your physique so yeah, much. It, uh, yeah, just... it. I don't know. Achievable. <laughs> not not the crazy freaking shred. I mean, you had the most amazing abs, but even your abs, look, they're popping out. They looked full. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, probably, probably there's multiple things. Fed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fed, but hydration, yeah. creatine, and then the tricks of, of, yeah. of, you know, I learned from competitive days is that I was always better the week after competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, so you do all this stuff to deplete yourself, and then you go on stage and you're flat as hell, and mm-hmm. then you look great after the show when you put some fluids back in you, right? Mm-hmm. So I would always do my photo shoots, you know, with healthy days beforehand, right? So I would, you know, I would deplete, and then I would rehydrate and get myself in a real healthy, you know, eat well. And so you're staying really lean, but you, you ref repopulate the fuel in your body mm-hmm. you know it's, i just think it's part of it too is that you're like you're coming out of that where i think in, in my opinion like body bodybuilding really was at its its peak in my opinion was those that early 90s i mean yeah. everyone everyone glorifies the golden age and, and rightfully so i mean that's that'll always be you know that'll always be bodybuilding's kind of you know meet like mainstream peak i guess you know the arnold days but in terms of physique quality, I would say it was the early '90s, and yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you were coming out when all those best practices were, you know. You, yeah, I mean, you could call Lee Lebron, I'm sure, and yeah. say, "Hey, <laughs> what, what, yeah, what, yeah. What, what would you do here?" You know. Yeah, Lee and I were good friends, and I, I was in many ways really. I think you know, um, you know, I certainly took best practices, but I was ahead in the thinking over what most people were doing because I was so deep in the book, so so off in 
you know, in the technology of understanding, you know, the variable splits, the loads, you know, how to load muscle, how to load the body. I understood, you know, all the aspects of hydration and carbohydrates and, you know, and how to do this stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I took a lot of best practices, but, you know, I don't think other than detailed contest preparation that many people would know more than I did, Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, so always dialed in. I mean, those photos just, ridiculous always so how about like how about today like do you kind of glaze over when you have when you're you know people drag you into conversations about it or endless you must get like inundated with questions from you know from young bros oh <laughs> what did you well do? and i think i could reach out in the physique mo- world more i mean i mean vince um andrich was talking when he was doing a lot of physique work and he was like you know you'd really be helpful to give these guys some clinic time and i would enjoy it i think it'd be great you know, mostly I'm dealing with guys in their 40s which aren't doing physique stuff and they don't understand the nuances and the details. The details will cause them to glaze over, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're dealing with macro issues, not micro issues. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know, I always enjoy sharing what works. It's funny that one of the things that's been on my table for, um, you know, on my plate of things to do for a couple years now, and it was brought to me, you guys know Mark Allen Effinger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love following Mark's, him. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a piece of work, good friend. Um, but Mark had sent me, and I think he did this very intentionally, he'd sent me the Kurt Cobain journals. Have you ever seen them? No, no. So there's a giant book. It's two inches thick. And it's Kurt Cobain's three-ring binder journals reprinted into one book, right? And it's all his songwriting, sketches, personal notes, just stuff, right, over couple years right mm-hmm. and what i had showed him is that you know this is kind of the power building and photo shoot days is i kept notebooks of everything and so i have a giant journal of all my training my diet all my practices for about nine months prior to shooting the body of work stuff and i wow. thought all that stuff belongs in one giant training oh, no guide kidding. journal yeah for sure we yeah. <laughs> printed exactly as it is yeah you know? Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, no kidding. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm yeah. like the first copy. Holy yeah. crap. And what I thought was is is go the day-to-day, just week-to-week, and then have the blank pages be your own copy of a journal, right? So you work your way through it. I love it, man. That's you know, and just, you know, follow along. I mean, this is, this is the supplements. This is the stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it's kind of a retro, you know, uh, actual physical printed book. Very cool. I would love that. Now, there's a few things. Uh, I mean, listening to you talk again, I got a bunch of things going through my head. There's been a few things that popped up. You mentioned talking to these, some these other guys from from the '80s, and, and we're talking about how they look now. And, oh yeah, they look they look pretty good now, and all that stuff. And so, and then hearing you talk about your body and, and how training was back then, and how like right now you're working with guys over 40. We're talking about okay when you. It's the younger guys who you should teach them how physique stuff. But then when you're in your 40s, it seems like it's less physique stuff. I'm just curious about how you feel about body image, like thinking about your physique back then in the 90s and comparing it to where you're at today. Like what are your feelings about that? Um, is physique as important to you today as it was back then? Is it What kind of difference is there in um well, and I think I think it, having some physique focus. I mean, the great thing about 
and I think you're, you're bringing a point that I think is that, you know, targeting um, your personal physique best in your 40s is a great catalyst for um, life change and life transformation. Because, you know, as I coach and work with guys, and we're working around personal issues, around stress, around relationships, around business, around purpose, all these type of things, right? You know, when I'm, when I'm not using physique as a focal point or body, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're missing one of the anchors, which allows them to feel progress and success. Like, let's say uh -huh. you're trying to change someone's career situation and go from making 78,000 a year to 150, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It might not happen in 12 weeks, right? That's, so you feel like, you know, we're in a constant perpetual uphill motion, but we're not making any progress. When you, when you give someone a target of physique, it really does galvanize what, what I've found over the years is that the practices I need to be in better shape are the practices I need to be better in relationship, better in life, better in work. Hmm. So they, they really translate. Everything translates. But, but the physique and focusing on that gives you a target, a tangible, an ability to affect change, and the results. Like, you know, Carla right now tonight has five over 40 mothers competing for the first time in a physique competition, right? It's mm -hmm. awesome. Wow. Yeah, women's yeah. fitness, right? And and Love she's it. like, she's she's literally she can't stop. She talks about it. She goes, these women, they they're not pro competitors, so they're not bitching, complaining, and in a constant drama all the time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but they're also they don't understand the process of getting in this kind of shape. So everything Carla told them to do seemed counterintuitive. They 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 didn't understand. They were like, I don't well, you know, they trained, they followed their diets. And then even like three or four weeks ago, they're like, well, I'm not in shape ready. I'm not this. I'm not that. And Carla's like, just shut up and move. Shut up and move, right? Mm -hmm. And now this week, you know, a couple of them are freaking out because they have veins on their abs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know if they should go to the doctor or not, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Give a shout yeah. out. What, uh, what's the name of her facility there? Is it Peak Performance? Per, no, or? Performance Ready Fitness. Yeah, in Lone Tree. You know, and I mean, she's really found her groove and she's loving working with, you know, um, you know, middle third moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's and you're, it's an empowering thing, you know, so yeah. they're really feeling the empowerment. So I think there's a great, there's just such great purpose in, in having a physique focus. And I, I don't drag it, you know, I, I would say here's what happens is. I could use it as a focal point right now. And I've, for about the last two years, I'm like, you know, I should really peak physique-wise. I should, you know, and I can't yeah. figure out what my should is, right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> I, what I notice is, is like I always, you know, I always look good. I look yeah. in shape, right? I'm good. And then I train real hard for a couple of weeks and I look and, you know, I mean, I'm just in the gym, I look in the mirror, I'm like, good God, you know, like my body responds really fast, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm like, thank God, you know, it's great, you know, and it's like, I, I, you know, I haven't had the consistency. So it's not that I don't, what, what I have found is that, you know, I can have my cake and eat it too at my physique being in 85% shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the difference between being 85% shape and 95% shape is a huge jump in quality of life. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, if you go for ninety-five to one hundred percent in shape, you you've got to sacrifice fucking everything for a while. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's just not always easy thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's. It, but sometimes when you crank up your focus so much on your physique, I mean, 
on the, on the one hand, you'd think it's bad. Oh, you're, you're neglecting all these other things in your life. You know, you're neglecting your, your job or your kids, or whatever, just focusing on your food and your training. But, but just the ability to, to focus like that, I find, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just good skills to have because you can, you can apply them to other things later when you're, well, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I look at it now. I, I saw the other day, I was watching something um on tv and i see swimmers you know and it's the off season but it's always they're always gearing up for the olympics right and i look at that and i go oh my god to be an athlete yeah you know to have the single singularity of focus to know that that's all i'm really that's what i'm doing yeah you know i'm jordan spieth and i play golf yeah that i mean that you life couldn't get any better than having that focus. And as you get, you know, back to the 40s conversation, as everything tugs on you, everything will consume your time. And what you realize is when, when you commit to something, and let's say, you know, it gets worse, because let's say instead of committing to wellness or strength or fitness, you get sick. It, you know, I've seen people, and I've been sick myself, and I've had injuries and things, and the minute something looks very dangerous to you, all of a sudden, 87% of everything on your to-do list for the next six months, you were like, why was I doing that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, 80% of everything you're doing, you're like, I was wasting fucking time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and you stop saying yes to stuff, and you start saying no to stuff, and, you know, you get to choose that. And I think that that focus is... I mean, it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. just a beautiful thing. And, and what are you going to focus on? I mean, I'm sorry, but really... Um, you know, outside of competitive, you know, I mean, running, you know, I don't know, is are marathons competitive? They're not really competitive, right? Unless you're elite, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're, yeah. Trying to qualify for Boston or something or. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So they're not really competitive and cycling has a competitive circuit, but that's, you know, it's a big subculture, but a small subculture at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, CrossFit, that's where CrossFit wins. It is competitive. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's a competitive thing. The rest of it is physique, focus, transformation, changing your life, and getting damn focused on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. I would, I would love to see you do a photo shoot. Just some of the, some of the classic poses where you're at now. Not trying to look like you, you were in your 30s, but to, to, to see what you are now and just kind of be that, that billboard, proud to, to show off where you're at. Yeah, this stage I need game. to. I think that'd be wicked awesome. Not to say that complete, and and maybe even maybe if it's it's not even getting crazy dialed in, but but sharing a physique that it is lifestyle based, something that you could maintain and live life to life to the fullest, but still looking pretty freaking awesome. That yeah, 90 percent would be. I leave that to Mike Ryan. Jesus. Oh, oh for the love of God! Uh, holy, now that's <laughs> art. That he just gets better all the time. Holy like, smokes! How old is Mike now? Forty-eight. Holy smokes! That is really awesome. Holy shit! Yeah, he's a good. walking statue. I freaking love it. Just that is yeah. art. Yeah. That's yeah. Art. Got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and and he's one of the guys that you know is really on our team, and you know he needs to be in. You know, that's, um, you know, I talk about the Over 40 Fitness Summit and, you know, we're, you know, we're going to have Mike in, of course. And, you know, I just think, you know, we've really got to change the dialogue going forward of of what it means to live the second half stronger, longer, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And nobody's, you know, people sort of focus or are sort of targeting more as a market, not as a helpful, you know, answers, you know, and I just want to 
provide people some real guidance in this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's although you see headlines and stuff over forty, over forty fitness, and all this different kind. It's, it's still I find it's an underserved market. We're not getting the honest, truthful answers. There's not a real, like I said, dialogue going on among us about what we really need to focus on. And, uh, no, I mean it's it's people have targeted as a subgroup for marketing. Yeah. That's what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, it's yeah. always looking at the minutia. Like, yeah, like yeah. a supplement's going to fix me right now. Yeah, yeah, like a supplement's going to fix me right now. I mean, it's so funny because I'm you know I'm so bullish on supplements. I'm a I'm a pro supplement guy mm-hmm. who hates the industry practices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I just like you know I mean can't we just can't we all just be honest, you know? Can't, is it too much to ask? Is it just too hard? Mm-hmm. You know? And everybody justifies their own behavior. Well, they're doing it and they're making money. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why? You're afraid of making money. Well, you got to be more hypey. You got to be more extreme in your message. Otherwise, like you owe it to these people to get your message out there. And well, yeah, I want to be super passionate about what I'm doing. But you, there's, a, there's a line I just do not want to cross. And uh, you see a lot of these people willing to go above and beyond and, and cross that line. And ethics and integrity just kind of go out the window. Yeah, it happens. I mean, that's, you know, that's... Uh happy zone for places for people. And, you know, that's one of the, you know, the, I posted or talked about it recently. I said, one of the interesting things about the marketing universe is that people that are extremely credible and really intelligent, they might be marketing sometimes in health, but sometimes like, you know, let's take a Brendan Bouchard in motivation or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not accusing Brendan of doing this, but there's a lot of people on that frontier that big who are happy to align themselves and, and, and take pictures with and talk up people who are complete health hucksters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know, like if you had a chance to pose with, um, Charlie Manson, would you just get in there? Cause you love the swastika colors. <laughs> I mean, yeah. don't you just take any time to consider who these people really are or what they're doing? And it just, it bothers me. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, if I'm at these big events, these people, I'm not going to go do selfies with them. Right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The, <laughs> the industry, I don't know, just makes me, I still, I can't believe it's still going, it's still going on the way it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That it still has strength and that yeah. it still grows and that things still happen. And it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I mean, it's obviously people that do well in it. It's people that do good in it. And, mm-hmm. um. A lot of that stuff and there's a lot of you know like i say i mean I, I i love um supplements i mean i really believe in supplements it's just that i don't believe supplements are your sole answer and i don't believe you know fat loss supplements are the answer and blah 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 mm-hmm. 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 no definitely not what are your top list some of your your favorite oh supplements my supplements i i you know I'm I'm a big believer in, you know, of course, uh, you know, your basic, and I hate to call it a supplement, but protein. I mean, you've got to have some protein. And the thing about the protein thing is I really believe, and because it's my category, my baby, that the nutrition shake is different than a protein shake, mm-hmm. um, especially when you get over 40 because, you know, so many of these proteins, as have been proven, are so fast acting that they're actually insulin aggravating. They're insulin stimulating. Um, and so a fast acting protein that has very low degree of satiety and high degree of absorption, but also stimulates insulin is the opposite of what you want. Yeah. Uh, you know, what you want is a more sustained 
healthy, vibrant release, you know, in full strength as my basis, you know, which is the slow, it's very slow glycemic, slow GI, slow, you know, glycemic index release. It's, you know, plus it's going to pack multiple nutrient power. So I would believe in that as a basis. I'm a creatine monohydrate guy, creapure. Um, love that. I'm drinking one right now. I mix it with basic greens from uh, Luke Jayton. Huh. Yeah. It's funny that, you know, one of the big things about creatine is, is um, you know, as I picked up from Will Brink, really, is getting it, um, what the hell am I, diluted, right? What am yeah. I saying? Dissolved, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so have you seen the hot water trick that Will used, right? So I, I was. This is actually something I was curious about because you hear it's all the 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 buffered creatine freaking segment of the industry. So oh, the other cre- when you dissolve it in hot water or whatever, it it loses. I don't know some of its effectiveness or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I've always been one to. I, I just warm up my my water in a coffee mug in the microwave for like. 30 seconds or whatever just to get it warm and then you hear something oh microwave you just (laughs) you just killed the water the water is polluted now and then you mix creatine in there it's like toxic toxic creatine all of a sudden but uh, so how does way to go yeah how how does lose our shit what kind of is it just lukewarm water that will does well well uses like yeah yeah water you know lukewarm you know a warm not hot water, and that's yeah. what I'd been doing for years, which is taking some hot water, some cool water, and I put the hot water in there, and I put the creatine in, and it just goes clear very rapidly, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, for me, definitely, that clear liquid creatine is absorbed without any stomach distress, yeah. no GI distress. I have no problems with it, and I feel it better. It works better, right? Yep, for sure. And I know what gets dissolving. First of all, the buffered creatine, crealkaline and stuff is all absolute utter bullshit. And creatine breaks down at a rate of about um, over 48 hours in water of any temperature would be about a 3 to 5% degrade, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the reason you can't put it in water long term and serve it that way is that over 30 days, it goes to 30%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't, you can't store it in GNC in water. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's where you get the, unless you change the pH of the water, blah, blah, blah. Um, but so there's no problem with the warm water. But what I've noticed over the last couple of months is using the basic greens and putting the creatine in there. And then I put it in a big glass of water and stir it up and I let it sit for a little bit. And there's something about the pH of the basic greens, which completely dissolves the creatine. Hmm. I don't really? know what. Yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. I mean, there's, there is zero at the bottom of this glass. Hmm. There is no creatine residue. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Cool. And so it's cold water. It's not warm water. Wow. Huh. Yeah. That so, sounds good. So it's creatine. I, I like a joint compound, something with MSM, you know, um, yeah. glucosamine sulfate, you know. Um, I always believe in that. I'm always a big omega-3. I tend to prefer a krill oil over omega. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, I don't know why. It just feels better. Um I, you know, I like a good blend of antioxidants and CoQ10. I'm a big CoQ10 kind of guy. For some reason, alpha lipoic acids always worked well for me as, you know, um, you know, uh, other than that, you know, I'll take a good multivitamin. I like a good multivitamin. If I pee yellow, it always makes me feel like I'm doing something good for myself. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Yeah. You know, you know, um, minerals is needed. I use Vitargo. I had a great conversation with Susan Kleiner the other day. God, I love her. She's great, you know. And, um, you know, I had been really trying to get clear on the role of Vitargo because it seems to me that Vitargo 
really what you're doing with Vitargo is, I, I liken it this way. It's not that carbs are bad. What we've done with the paleo world is we've adapted a diet that works for obese, couch-ridden people yes. into a performance diet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, a, it's like having a race elephant. Hmm. You know, it's not so racy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know but it, it's just the way, you know, we like to set ourselves up in the human beings. We set ourselves up for conditions. We like to say, you know, if, if I, you think I'm fast on carbs, you should see what I can do with no carbs. Right. <laughs> one hand tied behind my back. <laughs> yeah, fucking awesome. That's hilarious. You're slow as hell, but, you know, considering you had no carbs, that's not bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the way you take it on. So my thinking about this is I said, instead of trying to break the paleo myth, I said, if you look at what Vitargo does, it delivers the carbohydrates you need in a laser-like precision versus most carb delivery mechanisms. You know, whether it's the food we eat, quote-unquote whole foods, because whole foods are better for you, um, the whole foods or most carb supplements, they're more like a ray of sunshine. They just spread carbs over your day. Mm-hmm. You know, Vitargo gets in, hits you when you need it, and gets the frick out of your system, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very precision thing, but based on that precision and its insulin potentiation and what it does on a, on a power level, I've said forever, I've always said, it seems to me this should be the fat-burning carb. Mm-hmm. And Susan's like, you know, it is. I mean, she's doing, she's finishing some research studies, but she has used it in competitive, female competitive fitness physique athletes for years. She just done, last year did a thing at Duke, um, with the Duke University swim team, right? Mm-hmm. And she's telling me all about how she went down and talked with the coach and couldn't, you know, they, she had the, the, they had the women on a lower carb form, you know, diet because they were gaining weight and this and that and this and that. And she's like, it's their diet that's causing them to gain weight. It's not the carbs, mm-hmm. you know? You can't have a swim on no carbs. So she brought Vitargo in, gave him some dietary advice, came back six months later, the coach is out of his freaking mind. All the swimmers look like female Greek, Greek goddesses, right? <laughs> The team is faster than ever. And she goes, you know, they're, they're stronger, faster, and leaner mm-hmm. with carbs. Susan Kleiner, great book, Power Eating. I've had that on my shelf for uh, yeah. over a decade now, probably so, about 90, 98, 99. Yeah, great, great information in there. And so, when, when is it indicated to take Vitargo again? Is it, is it during, the, during workout? the workout? During the workout, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's it? kind of pre and during workout. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. I think it's, it's like, you know, if I have a bottle of Vitargo, it's, it's something I'm doing as I get to the gym, you know, and then during my workout so that I'm done halfway through my workout. Okay. You know, kind of like that model. Um, and so it's really getting and driving the fuel into you without distress with, with a high fuel level, you know, like, um, Susan was pointing out your ability to hit intensity levels increases by 35%. So you're peaking at higher intensity levels, which is creating more anabolic effect in the muscles, more residual metabolism effect. I mean, everything upregulates, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're, you're doing that kind of like I talked about in the macro with the diet, which is come in strong on a high calorie high nutrient, nutrient rich diet and then taper down and you've mm-hmm. got this momentum burn. So it's the afterburn. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. It's interesting. Well, I, I do know that, um, uh, like a, there, there is a limit. I mean, there's, there's certain companies we won't, we won't name names. Like they're, they're pushing like really kind of excessive amounts of carbohydrates, you know, during weightlifting sessions. Yeah. Um, but what they don't tell you is that you know, the, the jacked up guys, they're using the ad copy 
uh, are taking amounts of actual insulin that uh, that other pros are saying is whoa, that's excessive. You know, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah well, and the insulin is what you see a lot of that yeah. belly growth and crazy stuff, and it's ugly. And I, I, you know, but the other thing that a lot of people are doing is that there are a lot of carbohydrate imitators out there, and if you look at um, you know the Crea car- carbolins and those things, I mean, they're they they really are just borrowing Vitargo's claims without any scientific support. If you actually look at the science, they actually do the opposite of what they say they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're actually, so, you know, like, I think carbolin's a slow-release carb. It's not a fast-release carb. Mm-hmm. You know, but it says it's fast because it's trying to do a Vitargo yeah, ripoff. Right, 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 right. You know, and, and you really don't have, I mean, you know, and then what happens is they, people will try these, you know, Vitargo imitators, right? And what they, when they try the Vitargo imitators, they, they fail to get the results that they were promised, and then they blame it on Vitargo. It's a little like the, the artificial sweetener model. Right. Yeah. You know, That's which crazy. is it's funny. I saw Adele on uh, Subversity. Did you see his, his summary on aspartame yesterday? No. No. Yeah, it was a big macro body of science was just went through everything on aspartame and produced zero, um, zero negative effects. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a giant body of work. And it's like, it's like there is, there's literally, and it actually had, you know, it actually showed pro weight loss, um, pro lifestyle adaptation. It was pro, pro, pro of everything that you want it to do. And it's just, it, it just comes back to the thing of so much of the rhetoric's just nonsense. And you've got to use yeah. your brain. You've got to be able to think through these things. And everything is dose and duration dependent. Yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fear mongering. That, that's that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of talk about that, even just this past week, and people posting that image of well, water can be toxic as well. To, yeah, yeah. In, in the wrong dose, water will kill you, and yeah. so yeah. every everything um, can. But yeah, it's uh, people. Yeah, just up in arms about anything. Well, I think anything natural is good for you. So well, well stiv- yeah. stevia, stevia is the answer. Everything is natural, yeah. even though there's like hardly any research on on it. Yet there's a shitload of research on artificial sweeteners showing that there's there's no negative side effects to it but yeah there's massive body work i always when people go the natural craze i go i go you know you you got any new asbestos shirts you're wearing (laughs) oh Oh, that stuff's horrible man-made hell no it's natural occurring yeah 100 natural asbestos 100 natural and good for you (laughs) i'm just it's amazing how it's been like 30 years they've been going after uh, artificial sweeteners. I mean, it's just <laughs> if they haven't torpedoed them yet. I mean, they're they're they must be safe because God. Well, is- <laughs> yeah, but if you look at what what people who's who leads the way and what are they doing with the leading the way? So what are they selling as they as they pat you or you know as they're doing this? How are they picking your pocket? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a leveraging tool to get trust. Mm-hmm. You know, we scream fire. You know, I rush you out of the house. You never get to look back and realize there was no fire in the house. And then you start thanking me and I offer you something else. Yeah. I just know, I, I just remember 20 years ago and they were blaming, they were blaming soft drinks for remember Gulf War syndrome with the veterans coming oh back. They go, oh, because we had these diet drinks and they're sitting in the sun and like, well, <laughs> yeah, we're oh. thinking about, about the most toxic environment, like there are oil wells burning and chemicals being <sighs> yeah. shot. Or, it must blame be the, the pop. <laughs> it must be the pop, man. It's that diet Dr. Pepper, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's killing you, man. You know, but uh, the other thing is the, the claim is that, you know, there's chemicals in your food and there's chemicals in this. Well, I don't know, last time I checked, it's all chemicals, baby. 
It's oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's biochemistry. Yeah, chemistry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, the freaking table my computer sitting on is chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> They're just moving really slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's too funny. See, man, that's why I love, that's why I love bodybuilders, man. And that's why people... You know, rake me over the coals, make fun of me because I have such a soft spot for meatheads and juice monkeys and all this. But yeah. they don't they don't worry about any of this shit. I mean, they just, <laughs> they yeah, worry, yeah. You know, they just I don't know. Maybe they're smarter yeah. their own dumb way. You know? Yeah, <laughs> their own dumb way. I mean, it is. And I I it's kind of one of the things I miss. Really, it's like you know, if you if you take into someone who's tr- and I think it's this. It's it's let's not even just make it meatheads. When you're trying to achieve a performance goal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and what happens is, you know, if you're saying, um, you know, I'm going to climb Everest, right? And, you know, you pay damn close attention to everything you're supposed to do. And if someone says, well, pack this food, this little nutrition shake, because it's good for you and it's convenient, it's packed in, you do it. You do what you're told to do, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go, well, I mean, is this going to give me a toxic side effect before I get to the top of Everest? Right. Yeah. You know, but so what happens is when you're not really going anywhere, when you're an idle couch sitter who's critiquing everything, trying to feel significant and important, you're actually in a resistance to all this life. So you're resisting. So what you look around is go, well, I'm against GMOs and I'm against this. It gives you significance for one thing, makes you feel in control in another. And you're not actually going anywhere. So you have all this time to sit around and push against stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not you're not questing. It's the absence of a quest that causes the brain to idly critique every fucking thing someone offers you. Mm-hmm. So get up and go somewhere. If you've got more than two things to complain about today, you ought to just go somewhere instead. <laughs> <laughs> just not my house. <laughs> yeah, 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 go climb a mountain. But it's, it's really, it's the seeking of performance goal. I mean, if you go to a cyclist who's trying to increase his performance, he's going to you know, he look at Vitargo and go, well, is that sucralose in it? No, he goes, <laughs> how much faster does it make me go? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Solid, solid advice. <laughs> and speaking of uh, advice, I would like to ask you, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self? If you could speak to your younger self today. Oh, God. What, do you want to go back to age 30? I Sure. I what? <laughs> <laughs> What advice would you give your 30-year-old self? Um, pertaining to what? Um, I don't know. <laughs> just life. Life in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Life, um, do more of that and less of this. <laughs> um, I, would, uh, I would say the, the – the, oh, it's such a general difficult. But yeah. it, I'm going I'm to say own, own your ground autonomously more, you know, and trust yeah. – you know, it, it, instinct is a really dangerous thing, right? Instinct is, most people use instinct um, as an excuse to act impulsively um, because they're not really in touch with what they really are, what's really driving them. So if you're in touch with what's really driving you, you know, find your unique thing and own your unique space, own your brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I spent way too much time with, you know, gallivanting around with unique abilities that people recognize all the time, but in the service of others. Mm. And what you find is being in the service of others. You know, the great thing about being on a team is that when you get to um, the Super Bowl, everybody gets a ring, but only, 
you know, one person walks away with the contract, right? Hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, um, owning your unique ability, owning your brand, um, and just, just go with it. I mean, I've known for 15 years that I've let power building set idle, that it was the most passionate thing I ever did in my life. And I love it, you know, and reviving it right now is like, I've no, I mean, literally once a month for 15 years, something in my head has looked over at those computers and went, Hey, you should be doing those. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had many conversations where yeah. it's come up. Yeah. They're cool. I mean, it's an awesome, it's an awesome system and no, there's nothing like it in the world. And it's like, so I think it's just that, you know, trusting, trusting yourself, um, being more selfish. We talked about earlier pre-call, be more selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Selfless is, is a, is a game played to be accepted and liked. Hmm. Um, Selfish, you know? Um, I could always give advice around the exercises I wouldn't do and the things I wouldn't do. I I, I love what you've been rolling with here. That's that's, that's solid, solid advice. Um, Let's talk about power building more. You've... uh, so I've just been seeing you. Uh, you bring it to life again. Yeah, I dribbled it out just to you know because I had so much demand. Some of the people that needed it and wanted it, I just wanted to get some invigoration in the program. So what I'm doing is taking the data. I'm producing them in the same old school system that I was using in 1997. You know, 96, 97, the version 2.0, which is you know uh, such a phenomenal piece of programming. It's so cool, um, but you know. Um, and I'm producing them and sending them back in a PDF via electronic, you know, so I don't have to ship them, which is great. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, and you can, you, you can put the PDF on your phone so you can flip through day to day. And, you know, I, I want to make it all integrated, you know, and I have a vision for how that's all going to work. But the, the thing that I'm experiencing and, and experimenting with right now is just, the value of the precision there, you know, a, there's great math, there's great science, there's great technology. Oh, hi, Lily. Oh my God. Where's that? Where was it? <laughs> That's great. You Lily, is, Lily is Sean's daughter. Hi, <laughs> hi Lily. Hi. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lily stopped in to say hi. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's missing her two front teeth. So, um, she, uh, so all the, all the science of power building is so cool, but what is, what really, what really is so magical about it is that it gives you this focus, you know, I mean, this precision program where, you know, for the next six or eight weeks, this is what I'm going to do. You have a macro calendar and you know that on, it was so funny. I'm talking to one of my coaching clients and he got the power building and he's in like day three and he goes, you know, I gotta tell you, he goes, just the weirdest damn thing. He goes, I, I, I'm not running a stopwatch. I'm not carrying on me. He goes, the workout said 42 minutes today. And I got done. I looked at the clock and it was 42 minutes and 27 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell? And I go, it's just precision. He goes, how is it? So it's like, I just, you know, it feels magical to people. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what power building does, it starts to reinforce what I figured out was in the absence of having every set and every rep tracked, what I figured out over time was that my success meter was, um, am I done? Okay, check. I get <laughs> one check. Am I done, right? An hour working out, one check, I'm done. Um, when I have a power building program, every single set goes success, success, check, success, check. You know? So my warm-ups feel as rewarding as my, my PRs, right? Hmm. 
And then what you do is you get seven or ten of these workouts done over a couple of weeks, and by you're in the third week, and you're like, man, I feel like the most successful person in the gym. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And success begets success. And then people start, all of a sudden, you're exceeding your, your, your gains. But, but what you also do is, like, how many people, I mean, you guys do, but how many people out there go for eight weeks on a committed practice, which absolutely is regulating their intensity, focus, and precision for every workout for eight weeks? I mean, if you could give, if you could take 90% of the people you have coached, worked, or touched over the last 20 years of your life and put them on one eight-week workout where they actually completed everything for eight weeks, how much would that change their life? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge, yeah. I yeah. mean, it would, literally. I mean, even the ones that claimed to have finished usually stopped really doing what they said they were doing in week four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, then they started or altering it. And then they, or the other, the other catch is that the only thing we can do when given programs, you know, kind of like I look at old school new body, right? You know, not bad theory in the program, but I can't figure where the workout is. Hmm. Yeah. Sets, reps, this. I, I just, I, I don't know where to start. But when you're given that kind of a, an advice, what you generally do is go in and train until you throw up and then leave. And then train, you know, there, yeah. there is only one speed we have, which is max or not max. Mm-hmm. You know, 85% for eight reps for three sets, then go to 90, 90%. Well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, I've never followed that model at all. I I, I don't even know the last time I've ever measured a one rep max. I don't even know what the hell my one rep max is. um, So how am I gauging that? Yeah. Yeah. How, you know, I mean, the formula that I have in, 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 in power building is if you give me a six rep or a nine rep or eight or 12 rep max on something, it'll create the whole strength curve from 50 rep max up to one rep max. Right. And it does it with a 5% accuracy. I mean, it's really freaking accurate. And the formula is about 50 lines long of mathematical equations. But then if I put two points in there, it will adjust it even more accurately. But that gives me all I need to know. And so I don't have to tell somebody to go do 85%. What they do is they execute the numbers in their plan. And so I can downtrain them for a week and use micro-periodization in the form of macro-periodization, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they don't know they're being downtrained. They, they, they don't know that they're actually in an active recovery stage, or I can tell them to do 12 reps or 50 reps or whatever it is, and they actually do the numbers, and they stop pushing themselves to the, lim- the chronic limit every time. Now, we're talking over 40 fitness. How much more important is that to an over 40 guy? Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, you got to be able to train when it's not all out. I mean, mm-hmm. if you looked at the way people go to the gym and then I take the cycling model, you know, like, you know, as a cyclist, I, I know that I have to ride flats. I have to ride pace. I have to ride hills. You know, bodybuilders, what they do is go out to a cliff, get on their road bike and ride straight up every <laughs> other day. <Yeah. laughs> what the hell's that? You know, yeah. I mean, that's a recipe for 10 days and a collapse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On a bike, you would see it. Your performance would drop, 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 drop. But they don't really see it in the gym until you get, you know, and you go, well, I went through eight weeks and I got almost no gains. Well, because you didn't allow your body to recover enough to gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So solid points, solid points. And I, I really love, I, I just got to emphasize that whole point of the the successes. I mean, the, the daily victories, the victories for the workout in the whole and, and just each set is a reason to celebrate because, I mean, you mentioned like an eight, 12 week plan completing that most people are just looking they're not going to measure their success until the end 
the end result yeah. is what I'm looking at. But yeah. um, you're looking on the daily basis, the workout basis, and each set is a reason yeah, to celebrate. It, gets you, it breaks the focus down to an achievement. And as achievements become self-rewarding, and you really get as much personal inner satisfaction. I think of it like a tennis match. If I'm playing tennis... If, if if my only function of the tennis or my only feedback was did I win the game win the match or not, hmm. but no that's not with tennis. Every single point is did I hit the ball in, get it out, mm-hmm. right? So I can have to keep correcting, keep correcting, keep getting feedback, and the games take care of themselves, mm-hmm. and then the the match takes care of itself, and the well, bracket takes care of itself if I play yeah. the points. Well, so what I'm it. doing with power building, I'm saying play the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, to me, I, I think golf is even better. Like, the thing that keeps me going back to the golf course, I mean, I suck, but uh, I'm just out there for fun and, and the environment and everything. But the thing that keeps me going back is I just need one good shot. If I have one shot, I'll, I'll reflect on that. Just, damn, I, I put that ball like six inches from the, the pin and just a beautiful chip shot or whatever. Yeah. That, I, that, that gets me going back each and every time. Well, and here's, here's another interesting trick. And if you look deeper at the, you know, the, so I've got the, in the science of power building, I've got, you know, the math, the physics, the equations, the strength curves. I know all this stuff. But then there's this mental and emotional aspect to it. And I look at the, the aspect of willpower. We know willpower is a finite, a finite resource. And we know that, that your drive and your ability to focus your mind, get in a flow state, and produce a, a, a great physical activity is depleted every time you make a decision. And if you walk in the gym and you say chocolate or vanilla, you just depleted yourself. Yeah. And so if you go in the gym and you say, well, bench or, or dumbbell, well, you just depleted yourself. 50s mm-hmm. or 55s, you just depleted yourself. 60s or 60s, well, what should I do next? You know, or, or my favorite one is, you know, you, you're driving to the gym, you go, so I'm going to, I'm going to PR squat today. I'm going to hit, you know, 415 for a set of 10, you know. And you go in the gym. By the time you got your, your, your sweats off and your shorts on, you're like, ah, you know, I should just go for 405 for five. And by the time you get on the floor, you walk over and you do a couple warm-up sets. You go, man, I ain't feeling it, you know. And you get 315 for a double and walk out. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how, the, that's how the mental game is played with the self. Mm-hmm. If you walk in and you have a power building program that calls you to do 415 for seven, You've already committed. You committed before you got in the car. Yep. So you know what you're going to do. You, you, you know, it's as if God came down and told you what your assignment for the day is, and you just go about doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of training that way, um, at, you know, at, least, at least part of the year, just being hyper-focused on, on what you need to do before you even get there. And yeah. I mean, I think, you know, think quote-unquote instinctive training has, it certainly has its place, and, yeah. uh, and it's liberating, and it's... Uh, but yeah, you, I think you need a, at least a foundation of, of just knowing what you need to do before you get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And having, having the, you know, I like the instinctive kind of model, like, you know, the 21-day muscle where, you know, my goal with the 21-day muscle, really, where I want to go with is I want to get all those workouts, those four styles I've got in 20-day muscles onto a playing card, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the front of it is a picture of Arnold, Zane, or whatever. On the back is the, today's workout. And what you take is those 21 days cards, and you shuffle the deck. Yeah. And every day when you go to walk in the gym, you flip a card. You take mm-hmm. it with you. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And you don't, look, you don't look at tomorrow's workout until you get up in the morning. And you may do arms three days in a row. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad, I'm so glad you said that. I mean, breaking out of those those. Molds has been so huge for just for my own training. It's just like 
why why can't I train that two days in a row? Like what what right. the fuck? What's the worst that's gonna happen? Like really? Yeah. Yeah, you know. and that's you know, and then you go back to the other end of the precision, which is really the quintessential program I created with with power building was the variable split, which is really I've got to get Hatfield on because it's based on a lot of the Eastern Block technology and also a lot of Hatfield stuff because Fred did really the early um, variable split training models, and I took it to another level. But the the thing I was able to do with the variable split is is cycle the 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 your training cycles to fit the first this the window of supercompensation. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to hit the workout almost precisely when each of the muscles is hitting supercompensation, which is always recovering at a different space. My biceps recover at a different speed than my quads, right? Mm-hmm. 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 And what we try to do is, is adjust the body to a simple formula such that I'm, I'm suboptimally training every body, my, every, every muscle part except for maybe my chest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if I can change the frequency, intensity, volume, and and stuff by running it in the back door and just tell you what to do, then we can peak the supercompensation with a variable split plan, which hits hits the body in a way that keeps it constantly supercompensating. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That can't be done manually. It just can't <laughs> be done. Very cool, man. Now, what? <laughs> where? Um... Do you have a site up for power building yet? Or is yeah, it just power kind of powerbuilding dot com? Powerbuilding dot com. Nice. Wow. Yeah. How the hell did you get that domain? Yeah. I've owned it smoke. twenty years. <laughs> 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 I just never that's used it. Uh, it's like wow, <laughs> nicely done. So it's that before the internet was invented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have the domain. That's awesome. Yeah, I bet I bought it in 1997. Holy smokes, wow, man. That is crazy. I bought EAS.com in 95. That's nuts, man. Yeah. No way. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, EAS.com. I put up EA, EAS was the first website in, in supplement and fitness. Holy smokes. That is yeah. Wow. Yeah. One of, one of the great, great, um, you know, business business and life advice as I've been harping on lately that I picked up from someone and I, gosh, I don't remember who, who said it and it'll come back to me. But, and this is a, you guys will appreciate this one. They say, if this, the quote is this, if your first launch of a new product, a new book, a new, tra- whatever it is, doesn't embarrass you a year from now, you launch too late. Huh. Interesting. Really? Yeah. yeah. If it's not embarrassing to you a year from now, then you launch too late. I'm like, man, that's so true. So yeah. true. I mean, EAS, I look back on what the website was, and I'm like, oh, that's, I, I got this visual. I go, that's embarrassing, you know, <laughs> but it's awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, dude, this has been, uh, this has been a blast. Damn, yeah, love your energy. This, is, this has been an, an exciting call. And, uh, uh, man, just really, really grateful to have you on here. This is, uh, this is excellent. So uh, yeah, well, we'll, thanks, we'll have man. to do it again. It. Well, yeah, right. let's get let's get somewhere at the training summit so we can go to some place we can all train together and we can be out at goals. We can train with Mike Ryan, and we'll get this. Uh, we'll get over forty fitness summit, and then we'll do a live gathering out there for the for the select two hundred guys, and we'll go out and we'll all train in in Venice for a week. Game on. That sounds good. That sounds that. perfect, man. Target that, man. All right, rock on, you guys. Appreciate it. Excellent. Great. Thanks for Great. joining Thanks, us. Man. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll Thank catch you. you next week. <laughs>